Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Sleepy Hollow, episode 316, Dawn's Early Light. We're going to talk about the hidden one in Pandora, the search for Betsy Ross's flag, and so much more on this week's Sleepy Hollow After Show. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, say can you see that it's time for Sleepy Hollow. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Zach Wilson, your host for this evening. Yes, we must pledge our allegiance to the witnesses. It's and, rude to uh, speak during the Star Spangled Banner, Zach. Well, it, it is actually true. We probably shouldn't be sit, talking over it, but I'm going to do it anyway. As I said, I'm your host, Zach Wilson. You can tweet at me throughout the week, throughout the show, at that Zach Wilson. Stephen Lemieux is here joining me. Hey guys, uh, I'm a little bit sick, so I probably will be talking a lot less than normal, which a lot of you will probably be happy with, but <laughs> unfortunately Jackie's not here. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, and Jackie is enjoying a nice Easter with her family, so she will be back next week yeah. for the final two episodes um, of Sleepy Yes, absolutely. Uh, we'll see you soon, Jackie. Um, but this, is a, this was, I'm going to say it right now. The this best episode was of the, the season. Yeah, the best... <laughs> Stole my Stole thunder. Yep. Um, Thanks for geeking out with us. <laughs> you're stealing. You're 40 minutes early from stealing <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, this was easily the best episode of the season. I would venture to say the last two seasons. Of the brave. There you go. I like how you're the one. You sound like uh, what was it? A uh, a stuck goat. Thank you. Now that you're in, well, you're under the weather. I just imagine after that, Hamilton's voice was like, "Hello, I'm Alexander Hamilton." <laughs> All scorned seventeen years ago. He didn't rap. Anyway, we're getting off topic, sort of. It was mentioned in the episode, but uh, yeah. But so, Stephen, you like this episode too? I take it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. I mean, I think the Hidden One storyline's still kind of lame, but I think, um, like, honestly, it's a harken back to season one, where, like, history actually pertains in this. That was the thing that I loved about this episode, was it wasn't just, hey, we got a monster this week, we got to fight it, hey, the Hidden One's causing problems, we got to stop him. No, this was a combination of the Hidden One is up to things, but it's causing problems with him and Pandora, and she's breaking off from him. You had that. You had this national treasure-esque, like, Da Vinci Code hunt for Betsy Ross's flag, a real piece of history that we're familiar with, with a character that they've already introduced us to. They provided a new backstory for a, a real piece of history. And it's fun. It's fascinating. It's what Sleepy Hollow was always supposed to be. Uh, real quick on the tech side, hey uh, Steve, can you turn down the TriCaster level on the mixer? We're gonna buzz. Thank you. Perfect. Cool. All right, back into the yeah. I, I really I enjoyed it. It was uh, I wished for better dialogue for Betsy, but I still liked your character this episode. Yeah, look, the, the episode is not flawless. There yeah. was some, especially there was some dialogue. I'm going to uh, just call out one thing. Can I kiss you? Yeah, I laughed. I laughed out loud. But we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into all the Danaby stuff. I'm I'm disappointed Danaby. that Jackie's not here. I might have to go back to what I did last season and fill in for Jackie on the uh, no. Let's just call Jackie side. during her Easter dinner. <laughs> she answers the phone. No, but what before we before we let's not get into the negatives because this was actually yeah. like a very shining example of the writers being clever. Yeah, doing what they what every episode should be. Harkening back to 
you know what? We are in the future, but history has preceded us. We got a Hessian mention. Yeah. They mentioned the Hessians. They actually mentioned, like, oh, my God, this is a historical event that is not as it seems, but it still happened. We got more Freemasons, and we get, okay, major plot point, why was Betsy Ross's sword in the catacombs? And now we know they got to go back to the catacombs. Stop saying it like catacombs. that. Catacombs. No, that's not catacombs. Cata honeycombs. Gover's money comb right now. Yeah, it's so uh, good. It's delicious. Anyway, back on subject. Uh, why don't we start? Let's start with talking about this this journey to find Betsy Ross's flag because that was the most fun part of the episode. Was all of this history retelling that they did because they they started out with the it was the, was Washington crossing the Delaware. Yeah, um, it's like one of the most famous images from American history. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then down to the point where they're looking, he's like looking in paintings, like that hat doesn't belong to that man. Well, have I, we seen her in that hat before? <laughs> I didn't have time to like over the weekend to go I, I through and I be didn't like look back. The hat was sitting in front of her when they went to the flashback. It was on the table in front of her. Okay, well yeah. at least they set it up in this episode. But I, I did like the fact that, um, I mean that is how history has been, and other shows have kind of played to this, in that women were generally looked less highly upon in military outfits, so. When you would tell somebody, hey, there's somebody wearing this, there's somebody wearing this, and there's somebody wearing this, they would automatically assume it's a man instead of, like, assuming yeah. it's a woman. Well, it was, un it was incredibly unusual to the point of almost, like, unbelievability that Betsy Ross was a, f a soldier, a spy in their army. But it worked. Like, as long as you keep it like this where it was there but under the radar, it works. It just This just reminded me so much of the Easter episode of South Park where Jesus was Peter Rabbit and like they look at the painting and they like scrape off the paint and Jesus was actually a rabbit or no St. Peter was actually a rabbit I was like waiting for something like that to happen like where they'd wipe off the face and it's actually Betsy Ross on the painting <laughs> but that wasn't the actual painting no I know <laughs> I did sort of expect them to go find the original yeah um, like, I don't know where it's being kept right now I imagine like Smithsonian or something but because well, he was looking with like a light that looked like black light I was like how would black light on this paint, okay, but he found out that on it was this a hat. on this recreation, it of was a, a rabbit for hat though. So technically, Betsy Ross is Peter Rabbit. <laughs> she was wearing the appropriate hat Happy for the Easter, Easter episode. Uh, the Easter yeah. episode, um, it, but it was cool. It was like they're piecing together clues. It never felt forced. Like, oh, of course he knows. It's like, no, this is like. Yeah, he was there, but like he wasn't. An, he wasn't all there. He just the, was on the periphery. The only thing that felt, <coughs> the only thing that felt a little forced this episode, was the fact that it's like they see the protector and Ichabod's out of me, like he was a member of the Eighth Virginia Infantry yeah. that was taught and feathered and <laughs> that, that's created fair. into a guy. That's like, fair. Okay, that was kind of pull out your ass, but I'll go with it because it's a badass monster. Um, Anytime they bring like ghouls or Daedric things, and I was like, eh, "That's badass! I, I can go with it." Our uh, our sleepyhead army is doing the work for us because Boo sixty nine bees says that uh, Bitsy did have the hat when she first came on screen. There you go. Um, so all right, great. Down with um, it. I'm, I, I'm I'm glad that they at least like you like fed that early and didn't like. Oh yeah, she always wore that hat, and then we'd never seen that thing before. Uh, it was hard to remember in the in the moment, um, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, and I also appreciated, like, the little thing, like, the, her little conversation with Ichabod. This flag might be how I'm remembered. Like, the only thing that she's remembered for. 
yeah. despise life. Like your your true deeds are do not get carried down through history. I mean, honestly, the fact that she's remembered for anything if she was a spy is amazing. Yeah, because like if you really look at it, like there were like maybe fifty spies during World War Two that had saved countless lives that nobody even knows of. Yeah, well, that's that's the this that's being a yeah. spy. You're a silent member of history. Yeah. Um, she she only got to just be remembered for sewing. Yeah, and not even for her flag. They didn't even have her flag. Was it not? No, like in the museum, it wasn't even her. Oh, flag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was her design. Yeah, but you know, you don't have the gold thread. Like right now, we could have fifty stars surrounded in gold lining right now, and we don't. I mean, that's because you can't just give those out to people. It opens up portals and gives you maps to other dimensions. You know what? Everyone should be able to find the catacombs. <laughs> Turn into a tourist destination. It's, it's like, like kids are in school going, I pledge allegiance to the flag that guides us all the way to the catacombs. Disney Disney opens up a new park in the catacombs, Disneyland catacombs. You got like Patton's <laughs> famous speech is like surrounded by valleys. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that'd be funny. Um, but they, they do decide that they need to go back there. Marty! We need to go back. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. And then Abby's just like, really? We gotta go back to the catacombs? I just got out of there. I know, right? Um, I mean, it's her worst nightmare to go back. I know. Time passes so slowly, but at least she'll be there with her boo. And that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to get the Ikkabee now that she has her heartstrings pulled with with, uh, Daniel or Reynolds, Reynolds. Now that her heartstrings are pulled with Reynolds, they're going to put her in a situation with Ichabod to be alone with Ichabod where her heartstrings can be pulled. And then we get the love triangle. Yeah, it's not really a triangle yet. Ichabod's just kind of there. No, but I'm saying once they're in the catacombs, if they get trapped there, I mean, the the catacombs are a magical place. I mean, if you're trapped in the catacombs for months with nobody except, like, a good-looking guy or a good-looking girl, something's going to happen. Look, you can't... I mean, you're not sleeping... Yeah. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Look, we're only human. I mean, you might come out of the catacombs, you know. Three months has passed in the real world, but maybe you have like 10 or 18 babies that come out with you. <laughs> they didn't need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no reason you can't have, have a, a whole family of witnesses emerge from the catacombs. <laughs> Many witnesses. Oh, oh, my God. Where have we gone? <laughs> Jackie, we miss you. We are, Where have we gone off the deep end? Um, but yeah, so, but I love the idea that crossing the Delaware was a journey into the catacombs. Um, again, just rewriting history. And so they go to Paul Revere, the Paul Revere house in Boston. They get to Boston like that. They might as well have been going to Terrytown. I mean, Boston's like right down the road from everywhere. No, it's at least two and a half hours. Yeah, right down the road from everywhere. Two if you're like speeding the hell down I-95. Just yes, um, it's like uh, it's like in the Dark Knight Rises that that jail that's the hole in the ground. He just is right back at Gotham. Like it's oh, there's always just been this hole in the ground jail <laughs> that's like five minutes away. Yep, <laughs> Boston. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they they find that. But when they get there and they they activate accidentally activate the flag because they what touch it. Like how did they? Like that's one thing I'll ask. Activate like, the flag. They, all they do is, like, touch the flag. Like, 
I feel like the, the millions people that of work there must move the flag like occasionally for like dusting well, and they all make, that. Well, they make it a point to say that all the rooms remain untouched. But like I feel like Imagine, like, an 8-year-old or 12-year-old kid goes to the house and just lightly touches the flag, and suddenly, like, a fireball consumes him. <laughs> like, the Bar Revere house is the source of multiple murders of flames. Like, somebody had to have just touched it sometime. <laughs> Amy, Amy Gonzalez says, flag powers activate! I mean, oh my god. Um, I mean, I guess or, we're dealing in a world of magic. I guess you could you could read into it that like it can tell the intent. Yeah, I guess, um, or, or maybe it's just the fact that they're witnesses and they're touching the flag. Yeah, something something about it is like again, magic is a decent like excuse. Um, but but we get. Uh, I want a it, shirt that says that magic <laughs> is a decent excuse. <laughs> um, Somebody make it, send it to us. Yeah, I I would wear that. That'd be amazing. Um, so we get what I just wrote down, calling the Hellfire Tar Beast. Also, the or alternately the T one thousand. I know, right? It's so Terminator, because <laughs> uh, he just. At first, I thought it was the Kindred. I yeah. thought it was Franklin from Stein the, from the from the scenes last. It's the week. same character design, um, but a little bit more badass. Oh yeah, a little. A li- yeah, it, definitely. I mean, once you like spend some more time with it, but in the first scene where we're fighting him, he just. He looked just like the kid. It's like you're playing Skyrim, and the first thing you find is Headless, and then the second thing you find is the Kindred, which is like an up, like, super version of Headless, and then you get this guy. It's like Kindred, but throws fire. You're advancing through the game of Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) That's funny. Very soon, the final boss is just this gigantic one that shoots fire and also, like, can pull you towards it. (laughs) Kindred Elite. Right. Has has fireball powers. It's like, at level 20, you start fighting a new version of the Kindred. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it was, I mean, this was a fun character for us to have to fight. It was cool. No, it was so cool. Um, I did, I was sort of, when he was about, when he was telling us who it was, um, he's like, I recognize that uniform. I was like, Hessian, Hessian, Hessian! I was hoping, Um, but it was American uniform. Yeah. I, I, you never know. Could have been, like, undercover. Something. Either way. What do you think um, about using this <coughs> creature as the one to introduce Reynolds to the fray? Um, I mean, it was good. It was... It eased it in a little bit better. Because it was, like, man-shaped instead yeah, it of, wasn't like, being like, just a gigantic yeah. yagwai or whatever. He didn't see a Wendigo coming at him with, like, antlers and craziness. Yeah, it's not WonderCon. <laughs> that would have been a really interesting thing to do. The Easter episode, they bring in WonderCon, where, like, Abby and Ichabod go to a con where everyone's dressed up, and one of the monsters is real at the con. I would love to see that episode. I think of, that's something I, they could do. any show. I would love to see that on this. I would love to see that on Grimm. Like, that would just be so much fun to, like, deal with. It, it's like, um, there's stories of, like, when, there, when you have an accident on a... Uh, on a zombie set. Yeah. This has happened a few times in real life where, like, something collapses, people get hurt, and then, like, the paramedics have to sort through which broken bones are fake. Because you're dealing oh. with people with realistic designed bones coming out of their legs. I know. That's really it's really hard to diagnose. Terrifying to think of. Um, but, I mean, it, that happens. But I would love to see that our, our characters have to deal with that. Well, Ichabod going to a con in itself would be comedy gold. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, Matt, I got a picture with you. He's like, why? I'm just in my clothes. Hashtag like, sleepy cons. <laughs> well, we thought we were going to get Monster Con yeah. 2016. We didn't. We just got Purgatory Prom. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, they. But uh, to your question, I think it was a good. I think it was a good introduction for him, and I think he dealt with it fairly naturally. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like over the top or anything. He like he reacted like I would expect that. I was surprised that he didn't know because we've been theorizing for a while that he was in on it. Yeah. Because um, he did. He, he's in with people who know about all this stuff because whatever we're his assuming, boss is person is. we're well, assuming well the fact that that guy who's like his supervisor or whatever like actively like went and killed nevins and like they talked about the whole thing like, that guy knows yeah that guy knows about the world and we saw reynolds reporting to him something about something secretly um we still don't know what the whole story is with the two of them yeah um but as far well conspiracy theory could reynolds be faking I mean, he, took it, he took it a little too well to me, in my opinion. Like, he just seemed a little bit too okay with it. Yeah, I mean, he still had questions and everything, but he didn't freak the hell out. Like, I know this is a Fox show, but, like, if I had seen a guy able to throw fire and, sh- and stuff, like, I would have been saying the F word. I would have been like, <laughs> I would like, what the f*** is going on? Like, would this is the X-Men? Like, I would have been freaking out. Like, a zombie in the in the first place, you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, he just seemed a little bit calm. He was very calm for the fact that the undead was throwing fireballs at him. Yeah, and he, like, shoot, he was like, but he's just, like, get down, FBI! And, the mo- like, the monster's just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe Reynolds plays a lot of Dungeons and Dragons in his free time and is just, like, <laughs> used to things like this. I don't know. It just seemed a little bit too calm, but I'll take it. You know what? Yeah. It makes sense with Abby's disappearances and stuff, so he's kind of a little bit more accepting. Yeah, I guess he, like, is, like, been, like, wondering what the hell's going on. And I think it's also that he's, his brain is just so focused on Abby at this point, because he's in love. He's a man in love. Swiggity swooty. Um, so he's like, if this is who you are, I'll accept it. If you're Monsters a bird, and... I'm a bird. If you're a witness... <laughs> I'm a witness. No, you're not a witness. You got to earn that privilege, Dan. Well, you know what's interesting is the the dichotomy between Abby and Reynolds and then Abby's mother and her father. Because hmm. Abby was struggling to keep to whether or not she should release these secrets. And the whole thing that her father says cuz his father is such a small storyline I don't feel bad touching on it says that in our relationship, there are secrets, and marriage can survive a lot of things, but secrets isn't one of them. Yeah. So I feel like if Abby is going to have any relationship with Reynolds, she needs to tell him what's going on, lest the past repeat itself as what we can see with Abby's mother obviously didn't tell her husband about witnesses, about anything. And obviously she knew after the whole scene in the insane asylum and after the fact that we know that it's blood-related, there's no way Abby's mother didn't know that she was carrying witness blood. Yeah, um, that's a fair point, um, and that those are definitely the secrets that that he's talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to your point, like the Papa Mills in this was it felt uh, unnecessary almost. Like, what did it? I guess I, unnecessary in the in the sense that I'm not sure what it's adding to the season to the show. Like, it's it's not changing. Abby or Jenny's disposition. Disposition. It's it's affecting their relationship with him, sure, um, but it doesn't seem to be affecting their relationship with anyone else. 
Um, and I mean, it, and it's it, just... unless it's going to twist somewhere and reveal something else, I'm not sure what. Like, why introduce it here? Why introduce it this season? Is my question. I think he's going to die. I mean, as much as like it sounds like such the like the easy route, it's just like the previews show. But at what cost? Blah 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 blah. We know witness blood is powerful. We know that it could have been her father's side by all means that had the witness blood. We don't really for sure know. We just assume that it was her great great grandmother or whatever um, on her mother's side. But like they've they've strung him along enough this season that he's just kind of there and hasn't played an important role. We have two episodes left and he's popping in to make the characters care about him just enough that we might care about him if they were to kill him off in the finale. Yeah. Like, it just feels like they're just introducing cheese to us, so we'll be sad when cheese is gone. I mean, does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, I get that. Because I feel Um, like if he was going to be around longer, he's either going to be the next big bad next season. We find out that he's been a Hessian all along. Which, that would it, which be, would be the great cliffhanger. I, I would be very interested in that. Like, that could set up some cool stuff for, like, if they do get it, a new season. Like, that could be a cool way to start threading. If he becomes a season four big bad in some way. Yeah, because I think if... I mean, he, you could read deeper into what he said about secrets. And the secrets between him and the mom could have been that he was a Hessian. And that he was there only because of her history and her, her bloodline. And that's the only reason they were together. So, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot they can do. If the character, if the character is not a villain, and that's not where they're going with this, I expect him to die in the finale. And I expect that's going to be the big change between Jenny and Abby, and it could drive them further apart again. And we get that going on in season four. I, I don't know. Yeah, a few people in the chat think that uh, he's going to be tied to something with the supernatural. Matt Milner says that Papa Mills is connected to the supernatural somehow. I, I Eric agrees. Like I agree. It just I, if they just kill him, it's so dull. Um, now yeah, I, I, I would hate for I, them to just I, kill him. But one of the things that this episode made me think about the show and the season as a whole is I get just like we said about season two, I think that this show has been is been given too many episodes per season. Um, it's it's a flaw that I've seen a few times on different shows, but this is a, sort of the most apparent um, where like. On certain shows like um, Agents of Shield, I'll throw out as just an example. They have they have so many episodes in one season because twenty two is a ton. Sleepy Hollow gets eighteen. Yeah, um, twenty two is too much to do like one main story arc. So what Agents of Shield really does is divide it into two big arcs that may, that like sort of tie together, but they it's two it's almost two seasons the way they treat it. But Sleepy Hollow has one arc they're doing the hidden one in pandora as like the main arc the overall arc of the season and i think 18 is just too long to string it along if they had 12 episodes like you condensed all of the pandora hidden one stuff into 12 i think it could be a really compelling interesting story i don't think the number of episodes is a problem at all no i don't think so i don't think i mean i think they need multiple stories but I don't think the number of the episodes is the problem. I think it's just kind of... I think they get stuck on one thing and underest- and overestimate how much time it would take to go to... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you could either add in a, a, different, a separate arc, like do that. As, that's another way to deal with it. I think the, the problem is, is the first showrunner tied them into a box of 
five tribulations. Seven. Seven tribulations. So if they're going to make this last seven seasons, the network's saying, you guys need to do one tribulation per season. Yeah. If they could just get through them all and then just say, hey, where do we go from here? The show might be better because they might be able to condense things and make it really compelling and make you not really know what's coming next. Right now, it just seems like, let's slow it down. I'm wondering, like... So they're talking about seven tribulations. Do you th- do you think that we've gotten like this is the their third tribulation? Was it Moloch, uh, headless, and now Moloch and headless were part of the same tribulation? I that's what I that's what I thought. But so did we only deal with one then? Hypothetically, we could have only dealt with one. I think having to I think a tribulation for the audience was having to sit through season two, so that could have counted as one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting. I wonder. Well, now I'm trying to remember. Was it seven tribulations or seven years of tribulations? I don't know. Either way, um, there they could do with like more of an open. Like if you lose that, it becomes a more open field um, that they can play in. I don't think they're tying too strongly to that idea, though. You have to have bosses to battle in this show. Um, like overall, and so well, let's let's talk about the bosses that we're dealing with right now because we get a little more traction on the hidden one in Pandora, where Pandora is finally done with it. She's tired of the hidden one's BS, where he's like treating her like he, like he literally nothing. calls her a pet. He compares her to a house pet in this episode. Yep, um, that's how much or how little he thinks of her. Um, if you are anything, you are a pet. Um, I, and then at one point he's like, "I may uh, con- uh, like uh, continue your punishment later." Like so he's like continue- this is some Fifty Shades of Grey stuff <laughs> yeah, going on. Some dark stuff, um, which finally is I I guess like the it's, a, it's the final straw because um, then she runs out and like she's like Ichabod, she's like Ichabod, team up with me, please. I know she's like please. Give me my box. My box is the only thing that can hold him back. I mean, that's the whole point of this episode is they they seek out the flag and everything because they need to repair Pandora's box. Yeah, and they have 48 hours to do it. Let's put a random timeline in place to raise suspense <laughs> artificially. Yeah, I didn't even remember that that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, it was like, like 48 hours, get it done. I was like, okay, I'll go. I mean, Let me set my iPhone alarm so I know when the world's going to end. Siri, can you uh, <laughs> remind me in 48 hours I need to fix Pandora's box? Thank you. No, let me let me fix it at 48 hours and five minutes. Just let all the stocks drop. I'll buy some, and then I'll fix it all. You know, end of the world stuff. Make me rich. <laughs> Got to do it. Thanks, Siri. Hey, Siri. <clears throat> I, no, I was really warm- hoping it was going to work. Siri, I predict warm weather for your Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so, all right, so she, she teams up with them, uh, and then they go out and search for, like, well, let's talk about, like, finding the flag, because when they, like, again, this building of history where they get into, like, the, why are there bars, or why, why the stripes? Why the stripes? And it's a musical sheet. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that was good. Musical bars. The interesting. Holes. Yeah. And he, like, saw the holes. As, it was a cool little clue. Yeah. It was It was back to season one. Yeah. That was that was cool. With the holes. And it was like, they're way too symmetrical. I will say, on the, when they found the statue of Orpheus, and she, like, punches in the things, like, those things are within arm's reach. You're telling me not a single person before now has, like, tapped on those buttons of the lyre. 
Yeah, but they'd have to tape them in the order. Yeah, but I mean, but like, like tapping one makes a musical note, and nobody's made note of that fact. You don't know that. People have, probably have been doing like Funky Town for like years and years on that thing. Like you're you're just really <laughs> that is not the you're watching a lot of South Park. I always watch a lot of South Park. <laughs> Won't you take me to Funky Town? Oh my God! Yeah, but no, I mean. I thought it was cool. The harp. I don't want to harp on negative things. But I'm Punjar. But like I, I also don't want to ignore them. Yeah. Um I did, I did like when they started uh talking about the 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 tune like he started talking about it's like it was say anapests. I cannot abide anapests. Which is just like a it's a poetic like rhythm, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't say I know a ton about it, but I did that much research. I like the story alongside the composer of the song. That was good. Where he was just like, he wrote in little clues to it. It's like, oh, the flag was still there. Oh, great. It means it's in Texas. Okay. Oh, at dawn's early light. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> like the whole, the whole key to it is, is, is in the flag. I think, um, what would be great have you heard about this Mount Rushmore thing? What there, specifically? There's a there's a millionaire who who hid like ten million dollars in the mountains behind Mount Rushmore, and he's released a poem that has clues to it. Wait, this is a real. This thing? This is a real thing. You can look it up. The Mount the Mount Rushmore treasure, and thousands of people have tried to find this, and thousands of code breakers have tried to break the poem. And the guy is still alive today, I think, and he says that it's still there. And nobody's found it. And he's went out and checked, and it's still there. And I would love to see Ichabod and Abby tackle that. <laughs> like, it's just I kind mean, of a cool thing. If you yeah. haven't, look into it. It's really interesting. You'll dive deep into Wikipedia on this ish. There's $10 million this, dollars in Is he pulling woods. it up right now, Steve? Um, I'm going to be right back, you guys. I have a... Uh, Dude, it's I been there for 30 there. years, and nobody's found it yet, Zach. So <laughs> After Buzz will not be the first one. To All right. Do well, someday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought, I mean, overall, like, I thought it was cool. I, um, <coughs> once they get down there, they get, like, the like, T-1000 shows up again. Yeah. Um, to throw, Agent Doggett. <laughs> yeah. To throw more fireballs at him. Now he gets double fireballs. Double fireballs. He equipped them to Hulk both left and right. Uh, it was cool. And then, like, I liked the solution. They used, uh... They they like they actually used like more real like they used something that I could understand and like was real world to defeat this monster. It was a little bit too on the nose for me. Liquid nitrogen. When he's like liquid nitrogen, and then then Joe just says science. science. He was, was like, one really? word away from just like calling out Breaking Bad and being yeah. like science, bitch. Yeah, like Mr. Crane, <laughs> science, bitch. Yo. Crane, we gotta cook up some more of these demon killers. Oh my god, what's happening? Uh, yeah, that was on. Headless killed Badger, <laughs> Mr. White. <laughs> Who's Mr. White? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, shipping it could be. No, well, we're actually shipping uh, what I've seen called Danaby. I feel like I want to call Renaby. You want to watch me get like 30 followers on Twitter, Zach? Hey guys. I'm shipping Ikkaby, so hashtag Ikkaby. <laughs> F- 
finally on this panel, I will ship Ichabod and Abby. Why? Because now it makes sense. Because? It, because of Reynolds. Because of an old love interest coming back and her being torn. And now it gives, it gives Abby the decision. Before it was just like... They're working together. She has nothing to like light the fire under to see, like actually make a decision on who she cares about. If she is, if she thinks she likes Reynolds, and then she's stuck with Ichabod, Ichabod for a long time and has to make a decision, then it it makes it more realistic that they could be together. Also, the fact that Pandora said they love each other. Yeah, I mean, they did, like, Pandora did call it out. Like, but there's, like, all kinds of different love. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that they're not going there, um, because it does seem like a misdirect to the fans, to, like, an intentional misdirect to put her now with Reynolds. Um, and they, like, seem like, oh, wow, that might actually work. Nope, now she's in love with Ichabod. Yep. I could see it. Um, I'm. St it's still, like isn't what i pictured for them and it wasn't because i'm like opposed to the two characters it's just like i never felt that connection the same way like i do on other shows like with, between <laughs> certain characters the way i did with jenny and joe like as soon as they were on screen together i was like hell yeah those two ever hell since yeah. we did the bones crossover i knew ichabod and abby would be together <laughs> wait what <laughs> i'm just joking i was just trying to say the bones crossover and give it a reason to exist but there's no reason it should have <laughs> Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I mean, it's obvious they're gonna go. It could be for the end of the series, but to be honest, like you know, they're gonna throw up as many roadblocks in between unless they know the series is ending. <laughs> like I feel like if they found out that okay, guys, we're not getting a season four, we're gonna get it could be. But I feel like this show will definitely get a season four. Fox it has just put too many chips onto the table. Um, there's been, uh, as far as I know, there's been no news. Um, I checked again before we came into the show. Uh, there's no news on the renewal. It is renewal season, mm -hmm. but uh, so CBS has announced a bunch of renewals. Uh, who else is like a bunch of uh, CW has announced a bunch. Uh, Fox has not done their big renewals yet. They've done a few. Um, they haven't done the whole. They haven't announced the like, cancellations and stuff. I'm hoping Lucifer gets picked up again. That was a good show. I, I honestly think that it, like I've said this last week, and I'll say, uh, just you think it'll reiterate. be between Sleepy Hollow and Lucifer? I, not necessarily. I think it's going to depend on their pilots. Got it. Um, if they have a great <clears throat> supernatural themed pilot, then I think one of the two shows might be in danger. But if they don't, they're going to keep, I imagine they would keep both as long as their ratings hold up. Sleepy Hollow's ratings went down this week, um, but it was also up against, I think, NCAA finals yeah. and stuff like that. Um, Either way, I'm sure it'll pick up on DVR. Somebody said crossover with Lucifer, and I think that would be pretty sick. It actually makes sense. It would fit. Like, yeah. I mean, it at least they they could trap. They could theoretically travel in the same world. Well, Sleepy Hollow has had angels before. Yeah, and then you have Ichabod, who is basically defying death, meeting meeting Satan, the gatekeeper of hell. Like that. Would that mean that you would get a Lucifer Bones crossover, since they would then exist in the same world? God, I hope not. But even <laughs> even that, like Lucifer is very down to earth, so like it's it's less ah, supernatural than Sleepy Hollow. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's less supernatural than Sleepy Hollow, so it actually might make more sense for Bones and Lucifer. But anyway, I'd rather I'd rather Lucifer and Constantine, but whatever 
different. Well, I guess they, they cross the him over anyway. Anyway. Right, is there anything else? No, there's not really anything else to cover. Did you have any other uh, points that you liked or stuff that stood out to you in this episode? It was really weird whenever the Hidden One and Pandora were talking and the hourglass was there. Because one scene, it's empty. The next scene, the hourglass has sand left in it. And I was so confused. Yeah, I mean, he does set up that like he he's like almost at full power. He's like almost at full omnipotence and all that. I know, but like the camera would cut away and the top half of the hourglass would be completely empty with, of sand and then he'd cut back to a close-up of Pandora and then there's still sand in it. Hmm. It was driving me up a freaking wall. I was like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> well, she's using, I mean... I, it was look, just, it's, it's, it's just it's, continuity. It's, it's a continuity thing. Um, it is what it is. I'm having some trouble pulling up uh, iTunes reviews, unfortunately, so we might not be able to do the shout-outs this week. Um, but... That doesn't mean we don't appreciate all of your shout-outs on iTunes and your little thumbs-up on YouTube, all those ways that you can support us here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, but, yeah, this was, like, just to sum up, like, this is a great episode. A lot. This is a fun episode. I was in, like, it was the episode where I, like, went to, like, go through commercials, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, we're only 20 episodes in? I thought we were at least 45 because it was compelling it, it was moving it moved at a fast pace oh my god we have a new comment on itunes from lana vase yeah i gotta i gotta read it out thank right. you again for commenting every week lana vase basically being our fifth panelist or our fourth panelist or third panelist in this case pandora finally stopped wanting that rah rah ah 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 bad romama romama ants yep Oh, my God. Um, so Pandora's box is the only thing that can defeat the hidden one. I guess he's the type of guy to fall asleep immediately after. Not surprising, considering how lazy and tired he is all the time. I guess gods need rest, too. The hidden one is totally a Sith. He loves power above all, is a selfish lover, and even has force lightning. Also, why was no one talking about how Washington was okay with turning a soldier parentheses a foe but not necessarily an evil one into an undead tar beast? I expected Abby to at least say something. Did I miss something? <laughs> Um, they were deserters. Yeah, they were deserters. That's why, I mean, it's still, like, kind of a dick move to, like, like, these are still, like, people on your side, um, but they hung deserters in those days, so yeah. at least you get to stick around as a tar monster. T-1000 everywhere. I know, right? Um, Look badass. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, thank you, Lana Base, again for, <laughs> for writing in every week. We're glad that you are out there. And everybody else, please write in your uh, five-star reviews, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show next week. Uh, only two weeks left, but uh, I think uh, with only two weeks left, I think it's time for a trip. Wouldn't you say, Steven? I hate you. I think it's time for a trip to Sleepington Abbey. This week on Sleepington Abbey, a hookup occurs, and the gang gathers in Boston to hunt for hidden treasures. I heard that Miss Abby Mills and her sister were visited by their father who abandoned them in a previous life and his only thing that he would do as repentance was toffee. <laughs> Most scandalous. Most scandalous. Oh no. Mr. Holly is back. He won't leave us. You know, I really like these uh, sleeping tenabbies that are that are happening around here. Uh, a hookup did occur in Sleepy Hollow last night, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you that Pandora, when uh, when the hidden one was saying that she was getting a little close to the mortals, <laughs> he wasn't kidding. <laughs>
Mr. Holly, always, always most scandalous. Putting together a Pandora's box, if you know what I mean. All right, <laughs> all right, Holly, get out of here. Right, you can't get out of here with that. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I heard Holly showed up at the party without an invitation, was thrown out by a tar beast from the army. And then he returned again, week after week after being thrown out. Y'all just don't lock time. the back door. <laughs> Well, Pandora doesn't, if you know what I mean. I heard that the only way that the Hidden One would fall is at the, at the, at the mercy of his girlfriend's box. Most scandalous. Nice <laughs> Most scandalous indeed. Most scandalous indeed. And with that... <laughs> Everyone's just saying, go away, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that, guys, thank you so much for joining us here at After Buzz TV. Um, I guess we got well, we got to do predictions real quick. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Uh, real quick. Uh, next week looks. I'm intrigued from this trailer that we got. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, victory comes at a terrible cost. Is the main quote from Ichabod. <laughs> I know their dad's gonna die. <laughs> so you're sticking with that prediction. <laughs> I think your dad's gonna die. Um, I'm gonna predict we are like we're gonna go back into the catacombs, and I think this time with with the with the whole team there, um, I think we're going to find someone from the past, whether that's uh, Sophie Foster's parents, whether that's uh, uh, Betsy Ross. Or, hell, maybe, well, we couldn't, no, not watching it, but somebody. I think we're going to find somebody from the character's history who's been trapped there and Abby just didn't find. Yeah, they're either going to bring back Betsy Ross or, I don't know, I think also perhaps their dad is not their dad. Hmm. I, I, I do think he's their dad, but I, I think he's there's more to him. Yeah, there's got to be more to that character. Please, for the love of God, writers, give us more to that character. Yeah. I would be so mad if it was just like, oh, I'm your dad. Thanks for opening the door. Now slam it on me. I'm going to die. Yeah, Eric Owen says, ba I ba he says he banishes Holly to the catacombs. All right, we're out of time. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for joining us here at AfterBuzz TV for the Sleepy Hollow After Show. I have been your host, Zach Wilson. You can tweet me throughout the week, throughout the show, at that Zach Wilson. Uh, find me on Instagram, YouTube, uh, all those places. And here at AfterBuzz TV and a whole bunch of shows, including Grimm and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Stephen Lemieux, where can everyone find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X. Check out my network, The Popcorn Talk, for all your movie discussion needs. YouTube.com slash Popcorn Talk Network and on Twitter at The Popcorn Talk. All right, guys, we are the Sleepy Hollow After Show, and thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.